Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Welcome to an emergency edition of the Mini Break Podcast here at Cracked Rackets. We knew it was going to be a busy Tuesday here on August 9th in the tennis world. We have 21 singles matches scheduled for the ATP Masters 1000 event in Montreal alone. Now, of course, that does not include the countless matches we have going on over in Toronto. A couple of American-based challengers happening in Concord and Chicago this week as well, but of course, all of us woke up to the breaking news on Tuesday. In my opinion, the greatest athlete of my lifetime, certainly on the short list of greatest players in tennis history, Serena Williams announcing the 2022 U.S. Open will be her final tournament of her career. Of course, Serena Williams, a 23-time Grand Slam singles champion, 14-time major champion in doubles as well. She's been the world number one for the majority of the past two and a half decades, all of us as tennis fans at some point in our lives have enjoyed a Serena Williams title run, have watched her propel the sport to levels it has never been taken prior. Obviously, Serena Williams has meant so much to so many different people. This is a monumental announcement and joining me to offer our immediate reactions is the man who joins me every Tuesday to break things down here on the mini break podcast. Now he'll join me later in the day as well to talk about our two 1,000-level events happening in Canada, but to offer his reaction to this announcement, it's our guy from Tennis Point, Nate Walrith. Nate, breaking news on a Tuesday. Where were you when you found out? I believe I was eating breakfast, and I got a few texts from people that don't even necessarily tune into tennis very often, and that's when you know, like, this is a special Mm -hmm. athlete. I mean, she broke the barrier. She's She's bigger than tennis. She just she branded herself in a way beyond measure and turned herself into a mogul. And she was one of the first stars to, in, in tennis to do so. And I think you're seeing a lot of people kind of follow in her footsteps, um, like Layla Fernandez, like Coco Goff, like Naomi Osaka. And she just kind of laid the groundwork for, for the future tennis stars of, of our sport. So Serena Williams is one of those names that when she's in your tournament, you, you, I mean, she, she is the attention. She is the attention grabber in the headline. So Serena Williams has been a part of your, you and I's life since we have, come to know know anything in this life. It's like since 1995, she's been on the tour. So just a remarkable career. One of the greatest athletes of all time. One of the most decorated champions in all sports. Yeah, for perspective, and I'm glad you brought that up. She turned pro in October of 1995. I was born in October of 1995. (laughs) So her pro career has spanned my entire life. To your point, there has been no Alex Gruskin without a Serena Williams on the pro tour. And... I think the thing that made this such a monumental moment added to the scale of this announcement, it wasn't an innocuous tweet from 
just to throw names out there, a Ben Rothenberg or, you know, uh, a Chris Clary, someone like that. No, this was a fully drafted, prepared, clearly worked on statement and article that she presented to all of us via Vogue.com or Vogue magazine. Serena writing in her own words why she decided now is the moment for her to retire. And, you know, it's it's a long piece and I want to get into some of it and we'll try to talk about a bunch of this here on uh on today's show but some of the couple of quotes that stood out to me Nate that I want to run by you and it starts with you know praise to these people talking to the people who want her to continue to be playing but she says but I'm going to be honest there is no happiness in this topic for me I know it's not the usual thing to say but I feel a great deal of pain it's the hardest thing that I could imagine uh, ever imagine I hate it I hate that I have to be at this crossroads I keep saying to myself I wish it could be easy for me but it's not I'm torn I don't want it to be over, but at the same time, I'm ready for what's next. I think that is a pivotal passage from her piece. One of the other ones I would point to in response uh, to, again, her quest at 23 Grand Slam. She's still obviously one short of that all-time record from Margaret Court. But, you know, Serena Williams had strong thoughts on this as well. And she goes, the way I see it, I should have had 30 plus Grand Slams. I had my chances after coming back from giving birth, referring to the two finals she played in 2019. Uh, I went from a C-section to a second pulmonary embolism to a Grand Slam final. I played while breastfeeding. I played through the postpartum depression, but I didn't get there. Shoulda, woulda, coulda. I didn't show up the way I should have or could have. But I showed up 23 times, and that's fine. Actually, it's extraordinary. But these days, if I have to choose between building my tennis resume and building my family, I choose the latter. And what those two passages mean to me, Nate, more than anything else is, and to quote the article, the title of the Vogue article, this is her going out on her own terms, in her own words, understanding or choosing that in this moment, family has become more important to her than her tennis career. And as much as we might all miss her as tennis fans, that's all you ever want for your players, for your idols on court, is for them to have that opportunity to go out in the way that they desire. And it feels as though, while she'd want to go out, obviously, in the winner's circle in New York, it feels like this is Serena Williams going out on her own terms. And isn't that what we always wanted? 100%. And I think we've seen this. The only thing I can relate, and in, in like at least from an athlete's perspective, is what Kobe did. Kind of going out on his own terms, having his special, going his farewell tour. And Serena deserves that. I mean, she's going to have her American hardcourt swing here with a couple of her favorite events coming up. Luckily, we get to have her in Cincinnati. Hopefully, she's healthy for that and gets to make her run. And I know the fans just adore her here. I mean, when she goes to the mall and stuff, it's like people will just go to the mall just to just to lay eyes on Serena Williams and just just to see her and like what she, like everything she kind of brings to the table. It's like it's Serena Williams, and I think she's just at that point of her career where her body has betrayed her at times. I mean, she's about to be 41 years old, so I mean, um, father's time is undefeated. And um, if we get one more good run out of this, I think tennis fans can send her off on, on a great note. And yeah, like like she said, she's got a family now. She's gonna find her her next calling. I mean, she's so talented. She's got so many things going for her. She, she'll find what's next for her in her career. But we really, I think, as tennis fans, need to embrace these last two months or whatever it is left in her career and just celebrate what she did for our sport, what she did for for female athletes in general, and just yeah, I mean, she's just been a great ambassador for uh, athletes and tennis players all, all over the world. 
Mm-hmm. And again, I highly recommend anyone tuning into this or listening to this, go to, you know, Google, Google Serena Williams Vogue, and you can find Serena Williams says farewell to tennis on her own terms and in her own words on Vogue's website, of course, Vogue magazine, writing the piece again. She talked about all of the things she's gone through throughout the course of her career, not only the commitment to you know, success on the court, but what it looks like off the court to achieve the things that she has. And we'll have plenty of time to discuss this over the course of the next month, particularly after the U.S. Open, when she finally has played her final tournament. We can go through the stats one final time, but just a quick overview of what Serena Williams has accomplished in case you need any reminding and you see the slam results below. It's been, you know, two decades, two and a half decades of success for her at the highest levels of the sport. Again, 23 slams, second all time. She's won six plus titles at three of the four slams. The only player in WTA to her history to do that. She's made 33 finals, second all time, 40 semifinals, third all time, 54 quarterfinals, the most all time. She also has 69 plus wins at all four slams. The only player to do that. And again, the accolades just continue to come. She's one of 10 players to have won the career slam. The only player to do it in both singles and doubles after the age of 30. So let's be clear. She won the U.S. Open, Wimbledon, Australian Open, and French Open, each once in singles and doubles, all after the age of 30. What have you done with your life to this point? I'll tell you what Serena Williams has done through after 30. It's been a Hall of Fame player. Of course, she's one of just five players with the career slam in singles and doubles. The only player with 10 slam titles after 30 years old. The only player with 10 plus slam titles in two different decades. 73 total titles is fifth all time. And again, perhaps most notably, she's number one in all time prize money. Over $94 million, of course, the commercialization of professional tennis, the rising prize money for both men and women. So much of that propelled by the popularity of Serena Williams. You can go look at the ratings whenever she plays any network that has tennis on their screen is going to get a boost. She sells out stadiums. God only knows what the price of a ticket will be to go and see her play in New York She's the greatest player of our lifetime, like Djokovic, Federer, Nadal. You can put them aside. Serena's number one, in my opinion, Nate. And the special thing with Serena is like, she's still like, she still has some juice in the tank. Like we got to see yesterday, her kind of show up and like that greatness came up on the screen again, screen again. Some of those points that she had on the run, defending, changing defense to offense and finishing off with a massive forehand. Like she still has it. And like, it's just a matter of holding it over a whole calendar year, but I mean, she can still produce some unbelievable tennis. And I think that's what I'm most looking forward to is I think now that the pressure is off her shoulders with her announcing her retirement, she doesn't have to listen to any more questions. There's no more skepticism on when her career is going to wind down and come to an end. This is it for her. And there's like, there's nothing to lose. She's going to lay it all out there. And we saw yesterday her have a very solid win in Canada. And she seemed to just enjoy herself, have fun. The crowd reactions that we're so used to seeing our whole lifetime, it was back. The energy was back in the building. And she is, like you said, she is the crowd, the, the, per, the people that the crowd come to see. And she's the Tiger Woods of our sport. Like when she's playing, everybody's tuned in. It's like it's a Sunday at the Masters when Serena's playing. And we get to have it for two more months. I'm hoping she gets to um, produce more magic. Because I think she just she just brings an audience that tennis doesn't always get to uh, get to have across all these events. And then she'll bring it to Cincinnati, whether it's Canada, Cincinnati, U.S. Open. It's going to be a ton of fun, and I think she'll play her best tennis this year now that she kind of has this monkey off her back. 
two and a half decades. Two and a half decades. That's what it's been for Serena Williams, who another stat I could just throw out there. You know, she is the uh, one of two players in history to have the Golden Slam under her belt, to win all the slams in singles plus an Olympic gold medal. Again, she did all of that after 30. It's just like you put together the shortlist. I think Michael Jordan's got to be on it. I don't really remember watching him, but we all know the accolades, you know, to do it post-retirement, to come back, play at the level he did. He's on that list. LeBron James has to be on that list for me in our generation because, again, to see him make, what, 11 finals, whatever it is, you know, eight straight, just a ridiculous run of longevity. Uh, I think Tom Brady's probably on that list. Just, again, he's done it now, 45 years old, whatever it may be. And Serena actually speaks of how, you know, perhaps if she was a man, she could continue to be the Tom Brady in this sport, continue to play and not have to have the burden of, you know, laboring a child on you and trying to come back from that physically, an immense burden for any sort of athlete to have to overcome. Like, I think those are the comparisons for it. It's the elite list. And almost all those athletes you just mentioned, I think of a rival that they had throughout their career. There was somebody that was trying to take what they had or what they were trying to go after with Serena Williams. Like she didn't have a rival. She dominated everybody. Like there was no kryptonite for Serena Williams. When she was playing her best tennis, you had no chance. You had no answers. She's the greatest server of all time. Probably the best forehand of all time. Uh, and for, for her like stature, a, a great mover light on her feet for just, I mean, we just won't see another Serena Williams with her power, her finesse and just, the way she carried herself, she's a once in a lifetime type athlete. So we got to enjoy her throughout our entire life. And uh, we'll, it's, it's going to be, a, it's going to be weird though. Like even though she hasn't been a staple in the top 10 or whatever for the last few years, battling injuries and stuff, like we've always known that like there's a comeback story waiting to happen with Serena and we won't have that feeling after this U.S. Open. Oh, it's just amazing the generations of challengers she's had. Right. And it did feel like she had a rival for the hottest of seconds in Maria Sharapova 20 and two in her career against that's, Sharapova. That's, that's, that's a little outside. Again, it's like Halep, 10 and two. Azarenka, 18 and five. Venus probably came closest at 19 and 12 against Serena. But, you know, again, you just look against all of these players against, uh, you know, whomever it may be from Simona Halep, who she's 10 and two against, to Justine Ennin, who she's eight and six against, Kim Kleister, seven and two, Martina Hingis, seven and six. Generation after generation, again, late 90s, 2000s, 2010s, even early 2020s, she faced them all. She beat them all. She is the greatest player we have seen, in in my opinion, in women's, in, certainly in the open era. And again, I'm not old enough to say I didn't see Navratilova. I didn't see Everett at their finest. I know, speaking to all the experts, what's the difference between the game now and then? It's the depth. In mm-hmm. women's tennis, it's the players ranked not necessarily one, two, three, but 40, 50, 60, who continue to get better and better and better. And Serena beats all of them generation after generation. Her serve was transcendent. The power tennis she was capable of playing, the athleticism, just match in, match out, point in, point out. Obviously, the fight, the tenacity. She just she was everything to this sport. Imagine being the best at anything in this world in your greatest competition. Your greatest rival is the person you grew up with your entire it's life. It's crazy. It's your sibling. That, that to me is just a story in itself. Like that's, it's amazing what, what the, what, what these two women have done. And yeah, I mean, if you guys haven't seen the movie, uh, go check out the documentary. Awesome stuff. But 
Yeah, I mean, what are you looking most forward to over the next two months? What what, what is gonna what are you gonna be watching for? Oh, the crowds. The crowds are going to be incredible. The energy, and it's always an electric atmosphere, particularly since Serena has come back since having Olympia. The energy, the atmosphere on court, it's tremendous. And New York's going to, you know, again, support her, back her, try to will her to at least a second week appearance. I thought she looked pretty good in her first round win, straight set win in Toronto. I mean, it was tough at Wimbledon, but you said it a little bit earlier, the freedom of a knowing now I am retiring and now I can just enjoy these last few months, leave it out there because I know the finish line is in sight. B the fact that it's on a hard court and she's had more time to prepare with the data points from Wimbledon under her belt as well. I mean, do I think she's going to win the U S open? No, I don't. Do I think she's going to beat someone over this next month that she's not supposed to? Absolutely. And I'm just ready to buckle in for the ride. That's worth more than it. Anything else, Nate? If she does that, that's worth it. Like that—that'll make that'll make. I mean, that's what we've all been waiting for. Just to see Serena have a chance at someone that she can kind of have that comeback story where she's not done yet, and she's gonna—the crowd is gonna be on her side. This is gonna for Olympia. This is gonna be a memory that she'll never forget. She's never seen her mom be the center of attention since she's. I mean, what is she like, three or four years old? So this will be the one time where she gets to see her mom as the center of attention. The the like the headline. The main the the main event. So I, I'm just it'll be a special moment for her and her family. And yeah, I mean I can't wait to see her in Cincinnati for one last time. I know the crowds are going to come out in, in bunches just to see see Serena's serving forehand one, one last time. We talk about clubs all the time here at Crack Rackets, and you know you win sixty percent of your matches or two thirds of your matches, you're going to keep moving up the rankings. Serena was 176 and 71 against top 10 opponents in her career. She won 71% of her matches against the top 10. I mean, yeah, again, we all know what she's capable of and it's, we're not that far removed. What, what season was it? I mean, again, it was pre pandemic, pre a couple of injuries, but 2018, 2019, she made finals at Wimbledon and the U S open consecutively. She made the finals of the U S open in 2020 it's there. Like we, I talked about this on yesterday's mini break. Right now, there are only seven players on the WTA tour who rank top 25 in both hold and break percentage outside of Ega. Like who else is really there is a firm challenger for a title. The answer is there's no definitive answer. And so why not Serena? Why not? She deserves the fairy tale ending. She does for sure. And I think she's going to get it. Like for me, like, to get the fairy tale ending, that does not mean she needs to hold a trophy on the on, on the final Sunday of the U.S. Open. She just needs to make some noise, get to that second week, and I mean, two or three wins, and we're we're never going to forget what she did at 41 years old after all of her troubles, getting her body back to where she needed to feel comfortable on the court again. And now, like, we just get to enjoy the show. I know, like, since the energy in Cincinnati, when you have the stars, whether it's Serena, Roger, Rafa, it just adds so much more juice to the tournament. And you start to draw in the casual fans that we want to bring to tennis. We want the people that just come to, to be entertained for, for a week or two. And Serena's going to give the fans just that. And that's to, to us, that's, that's a huge lift for our sport. And that's, that's how we, that's how we grow the game is we, we, we got to give the attention to the superstars and Serena's handled the, the, the podium better, better than anybody else. Yeah. We talk about it all the time. Every generation should get better. We want to see improvement, but Serena Williams has set the bar high. 
and it's a bar everyone, male, female, doesn't matter. If you're a professional tennis player, that's who you want to be. That's the sort of career that you're chasing again. What a, what a career it's been for Serena Williams, and we'll get to see her play a few more times now uh, as she closes things out at the 2022 U.S. Open. But again, Nate, Appreciate you taking the time to join us for this emergency reaction. We'll have plenty more on this as we continue to watch this story develop over the course of the next month. It is the story in tennis. Serena Williams uh, announcing her decision to retire after the 2022 U.S. Open. Of course, we'll talk about her encore performance in Canada as well as the rest of the action later on today on the mini break podcast. But with that in mind, a shout out to super producer, Daniel Westoff. I texted him at 11 o'clock today. I was like, Hey, can you get something for us so we can rock and roll? He goes, yeah, give me a couple hours. And here we are now. My final thought would be, you mentioned the crowd's reactions to her, but like, I I can't wait to see how her her fellow, her fellow, like all the, all the athletes in the locker room, whether it's the WTA players, the ATP players, just to see how those um, play, athletes give her her flowers. I, I can't. I know they're going to do something special for her. And now I'll, I'll I'll be waiting to see kind of all the embraces and the emotions that come with how she's respected and um, kind of given give, given the attention that she deserves from all of her peers. I'm glad you mentioned that because that is the big thing about this announcement. Now we get to celebrate her properly and give her the send off she deserves. And so I like that's the place to end again. Uh, you know, we saw with Joe Songa and this is, yeah. this is Serena Williams. I mean, Songa had an awesome tribute from all of his players and this is the biggest name in the sport, arguably. So it's going to be a show. I, I hope everybody gets to tune in, come to Cincinnati, August 13th to 21st, come to the U S open tennis point. will be at both. I know crack dragons will, will be making some appearances. So we hopefully we all get to celebrate together. I love to hear. Well, with that said, for the fantastic Nate Walrith, our super producer, Daniel Westhoff, and all this here at both Crack Rackets and Intentional Podcast Network, I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. This has been an emergency edition of the Mini Break. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. 